hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. And now let's settle in to find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let's be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, now let's get started. Today's podcast is titled Spiritual Reset 2021. So probably one of the most accurate phrases you have either heard or possibly even said is 2020 has been the longest five years of my life. And we're not going to go through a whole list of some of the things that have happened this year because not only on on a community, global, national, international level, we've experienced these things. Those have trickled down and impacted every one of us in some kind of personal way, revealing things about ourselves that we didn't even know. So let's also hope that some of what we're seeing now will not happen again in our lifetimes because I'm 59 years old and I can tell you I've never had a year like 2020. I'm really glad that the murder hornets just didn't turn out to be the ecological disaster that would have rivaled the devastation that we saw in the California wildfires because they truly have the capacity. I don't think we're going to hear the end of them. I don't know if you just heard recently that there was uh, a nest that was found in upstate Washington that um, at ended up, they thought they had found just one or two of the queens, but when they actually decided to go ahead and pull out the entire nest, there were hundreds of queens of murder for murder hornets inside this one nest. And so that's very humbling. But anyway, we won't get too far down that. I don't want to say <laughs> we're going to have a lot of concern about the murder hornets, but I think we'll be hearing from them again. But let's bring this closer to home. What did happen to you on a more personal level? Because many of us suffered personally because of the things that were happening all around us. I know it certainly did for me. And I know also that mine were minor compared to some of those experiences. Yes, I had some broken bones that have healed beautifully. And I've also had to adjust how I parent, how I nurture those closest to me. But for some of you, your lives have been completely upended, whether it's a financial crisis or a health crisis, a relationship crisis, or, you know, some kind of job crisis, or even housing crisis. Or maybe you have suffered some kind of crushing personal loss that has just completely spiraled you out of control. And all of this has led to like a perpetual fear, a fear of just even opening your eyes to say, what does the day hold? What is going to happen next? Why is this happening? How can we continue to spiral after one event, one chaos, one crisis again and again? And the question that many of us keep asking ourselves is, when will it end? And beloved, I'm sorry, I do not have those answers today. And some of them we may never be able to answer. There will be stories written about this and historians analyzing this for years to come. What we simply do not know is why some people befall so many tragedies when we have these events while other people just kind of swim through the life and it doesn't even seem like they've been touched by it. 
But that isn't quite true because no matter what season you are in right now, whether we're looking at 2020 or you're just looking at life as a whole, no one ever escapes loss. No one ever escapes times changing, bodies changing, lives changing. No one ever escapes that. So how we prepare for those drastic changes in our lives sets us up for how we're going to be in the future. Now, this podcast is being recorded in November, but it will be released in um, the last weekend in November. And that means that we have finally made it almost to the last chapter of 2020. I'll be the first to say amen. 2021 is definitely on the horizon and a new year is coming. And I hope for you, as I am, I'm looking to the future to say, how can 2021 look different for me? Now, I know that if if 2020 has taught us anything, it's about how we, a lot of things that happen to us, we simply cannot prepare for. But there are some things that we can do on a personal level that will help ground us and prepare us for those places when, when the unknown comes to our door. So let's just hope that we can all do this together and we find opportunity to find sacred wisdom here. So I'm just gonna ask you to press pause with me here and let's look at how we can bring some intention around closing off this year so that we can better prepare for 2021. And so this this coming up in December is the best time to do this. Now, in a couple more episodes, we will be giving just definite mindfulness to closing off 2020 with a, I'm going to invite you into a ritual. But for today, the reason why we're looking at this as a bookend of 2020 is, is to help us move into 2021. So I, and I'm just, this is an opportunity to look towards that and not minimizing even the crisis that we're facing right now, because some of what we're seeing indicates that some of what we're experiencing in 2020 is probably going to follow us into 2021. But more than likely, sometime this year, you have met some of this chaos with fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. And you, you may want to Google the, some of those if you haven't heard some of those. I'll also have some links in, the, in my podcast show notes that you'll be able to see. But what those are, are four different kinds of responses that we will have to a perceived threat. And this goes back way to our ancestral time. They've always been there. But our body's response to trauma or threat will evoke one of these four responses. When the threat is perceived... And somehow we perceive that there is some kind of threat to our physical bodies, then the adrenal glands will emit cortisol. And then it's off to the races, depending on what kind of threat it is, whether we're going to stand our ground or whether we're going to fight. And that doesn't have to be physical. You see this all the time, especially on social media, where we can dig in our heels, square off our shoulders, and the war of words begin to spew. Or we can just turn and run. 
So this is an important part of our adrenal system. It's a critical part of how we show up in the world because let's say a runaway car is coming towards you or a really mad dog, angry dog is chasing you. And those kinds of things don't happen on a daily level, but your body is equipped with activating your adrenal system so that you will respond. But when this happens on a daily level, this leads to a perpetual trauma syndrome that can inhabit your body. And that's where you see with war victims, people who are living perpetually inside a war zone or for soldiers who are coming back from battle. And that is why PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is a prevalent issue with soldiers or war victims because they've been in this perpetual cycle of fight or flight. And that means that the body has just been inundated with cortisol for so long that the body forgets how to let it out and it begins to inhabit the body in very unhealthy ways that leads to incredible depression. And you see this in the suicide rates of soldiers who come back from war. Now, another type of response might be the freeze response. And you see this, or they'll call this the deer in the headlight response, where you're just completely immobilized. And I can tell you there's, there's still just as much going on there. Why one person decides to freeze while another person will take off Um, running, no one really knows. This goes back into some deep psyche things and related to those individuals' trauma in their own personal lives. But it's important to understand what that, how you are showing up right now. Somewhere in your life, something in 2020 is probably triggering one of these responses. So in order for us to be more better prepared for our future, specifically 2021, How has this impacted you? Are you fighting? Are you fleeing? Are you freezing? And then another one that's coming up quite often that you don't hear as much about, but it's been around for a very long time. It's called the fawn response. And this is where we move out of our authenticity, who we are to try to please or acquiesce the threat. Now you'll often see this in response to an abusive person or a very toxic situation. So if you think about like a a repeated abuse cycle, and this might be something in your past as well, where you might have, have had an abusive parent, an abusive partner. So the question becomes, you pick up the sense that something is off. And if you don't do something, this situation is going to spiral out of control and you're going to be in danger or someone you love is going to be in danger. So you respond by trying to diffuse the situation. Now, this isn't necessarily an unhealthy thing when you see this on a isolated incident and you know that you need to do something to help this to diffuse whatever situation is happening. But when you're repeatedly having to do this, and you are either in a captive situation where you are a child that's being abused by a parent, or you feel held captive by a spouse who's uh, who has financial control over you, that also can lead to the same kind of PTSD responses that a war victim or a soldier can have. So somewhere in these four responders, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, more than likely, We all have been ebbing and flowing. 
And here's another interesting aspect of this. When the source of the threat is out there, so like we uh, become obsessed with the national news, that it, that's constantly playing out just this entire national crisis, but also the international crisis, the threat is somewhere out there. Well, what does that do for us? If we're watching this in, in our homes or we're reading it on our phone or whatever, and we get ready to go out into the outdoor world, what do you think is going to happen? You might not even be aware that you're showing up in one of those four response modes because the cortisol has to show has to be somewhere. So when you're stepping out of your the safety of your home, all of a sudden you're responding to the cortisol to release it out into the world. So that means that you will see people arguing in grocery store lines or in in their cars on the road and if you're lucky, maybe you'll you'll try to release it from your home and throw an inanimate object at the television, but even then, that will only alleviate it for a very short time. So what do we need to do to do something else with this high cortisol level? And maybe you just feel it every time you're even on the sidewalk that all of us are just off and we are walking around with all of this cortisol in us. And you know, we can blame it on that, but also there comes a time we're adults we can't continually say that it's the national news fault or it's the the virus fault or the things that are happening around us no if we're aware of it where what is our responsibility to change how we are showing up so that's the premise behind this spiritual reset so a spiritual reset can be any year at the end of the year any time in your life where you're feeling like you do that some people do will do some kind of spiritual check at the end of each month using the uh, moon rituals like a moon therapy around the cycles of the moon to figure out how, how they're ebbing and flowing in their own life which is a wonderful commitment if you're that capable of staying on a schedule throughout the year but it's also okay if you're not and, but but I'm encouraging you that this year, especially to get us ready for 2021, is going to have to look different than just resolutions that we've put on to things by just saying it and then hoping that they stick. So a lot of times what happens for me on a personal level when I have been uh, companioning people in spiritual care, they come to me because they are now in a personal life crisis of some kind. The vast majority of the people that I used to have as clients were professionals. They were well-established, highly disciplined, very motivated, and on the surface, it looked like they were completely conquering the world, and indeed, they were. But when one more crisis would come their way, one more boulder that they were asked to carry in their life, one more loss, one more disappointment, those scales would tip, and they would just be shocked that all of a sudden, things in their life were no longer working. They would often feel confused and perhaps even disappointed in themselves and their inability to handle this in a way that where they've handled the entirety of their entire lives. They were completely capable of handling any kind of difficult challenge that came their way. And I would often point out that how absolutely normal this stage was because what is really happening is actually a gift. Because what's happening is the mind, heart, and soul triad is telling you that this is no longer working. And they're doing it in a way that is as gentle as possible. 
So it's like you, you've tapped into those inner re resources perpetually for so long without restoring those resources, and now it's time to press pause. So when you put that together with all of us who really don't do a very good job of restorative care and self-care and self-love with the crisis of 2020, you can see how this ebbing and flowing of life is not working for so many of us. And I like to visualize, if we, if we are able to just visualize with me for a minute that you are standing on a platform. And you, let's just say that platform is about four by four, be, four feet by four feet square. And you're, that, this thing floats and it's floating along the water. So when the water starts to get choppy and you're trying to stand on something that's just a four by four platform, the way that waves impact you are in di direct re relation to the size of that platform. But when we invest in ourselves and we understand that we are worthy of taking the time to widen that platform and strengthen it, then we are building a platform that will sustain us when life starts to get rough. And I know that that's kind of a quirky visual, but that's kind of one of the ones I've used for myself. It works. Maybe there's another analogy that works for you. But for that, if you visualize like one of the, like just a little uh, tugboat going along on the waves, but yet you see one of those cruise ships and you can't even tell they're rocking and rolling. So the reason for that is that when we create that kind of investment in ourselves, that when life comes at us, we have the inner tools, we have the inner resources, we've strengthened that mind, heart, soul triad so that we are ready to face those life experiences by, by strengthening that sacred triad. And we just, so we just need to look at what we need to do to continue to nurture all three of those, not just one over the other, but all of them. And we'll come to the body, the physical body in just a little bit. So the way a lot of people have approached the end of the year, more like the beginning of the year resolution type things is it might look like something like this. Okay, my plan for 2021 is to read 24 books next year. And there was a time where that would have been a really good um, goal for me, not anymore. Or another goal would be uh, I'm going to write thank you notes uh, to people as a spontaneous notion of gratitude, or I'm going to begin my day every day with meditation or prayer. And all of those are commendable, but when we use language that ties us to absolutes, I'm going to do this, I'm going to read X, I'm going to write X number of cards, I'm going to begin every single day, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment. We can, we can make these kind of proclamations all day long, but what did we do to prepare to do that? So we, we talk in absolutes and then we don't prepare anything to make sure that that system that we have, that platform that we have can actually support these new, well-intentioned, focused resolutions that we may have. So instead, what if it looked like this? We say, I want to read some new books for 2021. And by the end of it, I want something that will have stimulated my mind, healed my heart, educated me on something that I didn't know. Instead, we're creating a desire that moves us into action, that instead of just saying books, 
we're creating the space so that we can start to define what goals would need to be placed. So instead of just saying, I'm going to write spontaneous cards of gratitude, what if you said, you know, I had some really great friends in college and they really helped me through some dark times of my life, some critical times of growth. I'm going to try to reach out to some of them to say thank you. So now we have a path, now we have clear direction, now we have a desire. And that, that comes from some deep contemplative work so that we understand what rose for us in the first place to say we needed to write, we needed to read 24 books. What rose from, from us in the first place that said we need to express gratitude? There's something back there that we're not uncovering that doesn't give us a critical element of what we need as we continue to, to move forward. We, we stop focusing so much. If we'll stop focusing so much on the action, what is it that we need to put in, in place and why are we doing it to serve our highest good and to create a stronger platform for us to, to, to face the earth? Up till now, we have not been focusing on the physical aspects of resolutions and what it means for your physical body to reset it and get it prepared for the year. And of course, I, it is important how we move our body, how we rest our body, how we nourish it, strengthen it, and care for it. But given all that we have discussed up to this point, you may be able to see why the resolutions related to body restoration or care do not always stick when the intent does not align with your mind, heart, and soul triad or platform, so that platform that we use to get through life. And so I hinted at what this might look like to actually step away from these aggressive goals of 24 books in a year and, and offering ourselves grace, but also clarity about what this looks like. So, and I understand that right now, let's just be clear, what I'm saying here is not all that new. Many spiritual traditions offer some kind of spiritual reset path that have some kind of element of the mind-heart-soul triad. And as an interfaith minister, I'm keenly aware of these traditions because I studied them for several years. And I'm also not inviting you in to consider how we would culturally appropriate these traditions because there's so many, so much going on in, during the holidays than just what we know from the uh, Christian, the primary Christian holiday. But what is important is that we take what we have here and figure out from a personal level, from a spiritual level, and also from our religious heritage, what can we blend together that come up to our beliefs and values that can sustain us and anchor us and help us strengthen and widen that platform. Those are the kinds of, of things that we need to start focusing on instead of just thinking about the outcome. The outcome may be that you want to be more physically fit. The outcome may be that you want to be more uh, flexible. The outcome may be that you want to educate yourself on different subjects, but how solid and how strong is that platform to sustain you, especially when we look into 2021? 2020 more than likely showed you where your weaknesses are. And I hope it also had the opportunity to show you where your strengths are, or at least get, gave you a path that said, I'm really good at this, or I handled this really well. I want to learn more about how I can strengthen this. 
So if we're looking at trying to put these critical elements together of our mind-heart-soul triad and blending it with our religion and our religious heritage and our cultural values, our beliefs, all of our experiences, what does that look like for us? So if we do that, then we're looking at figuring out ways that we're going to have to invest in our time. Does that mean that you might have to get up a little earlier because your day is already filled? Does it mean instead of turning on Netflix, and I'm, I'm raising my hand on this one because there are a couple of shows that I absolutely love as well, instead of turning on Netflix right at the minute you get home because you absolutely need to veg out, you're going to take the time to figure out what your platform needs and sit with that. Do you need to create some journaling? Do you need to start to create the intention? I want to read about this subject, so where am I going to find those books? I'm going to figure out why I'm not patient around this area of my life. Then where am I going to get resources to do that? What am I going to need to put in place for 21 to make that happen? So in other words, once again, it's not just about the outcome, it's about creating the steps that will get us there. Okay, so a lot of times what ends up happening is it's off to the races right at January 1, but we're now going to look at what we can do right now on December 1 to make this happen, okay? So the question becomes, how are you training for the spiritual reset? So if you have some kind of successful workout campaign, good for you. I, I tend to go back and forth on that. Right now I'm in a back not the fourth of my spiritual, of my workout campaign for my body. But when I do make it an, uh, a priority, then I can tell a difference in every other aspect of my life because my body is more relaxed and it, it, it feeds me in different ways. So that's the other thing that we have to look at is like what got out of balance in 2020 and how can we put that back together? But here's an aspect that I want you to consider because just like we might ebb and flow with our physical routine or our eating habits or how we are patient with one situation and impatient with another, we have no time or want to waste any time on one situation even though it keeps arising for us. The spiritual reset is inviting you to consider your golden shadow and your dark shadow. And if you've never heard those terms before, then let's spend a little time with it and why it's important to consider those during your spiritual reset, because this is how you can strengthen, once again, that platform. So what that is for you, if you're looking at your golden shadow, here's how it might show up for you. Let's say that you are describing a person um, to another person who doesn't know who, you're, who, you, who your acquaintance is, and you describe them. What are the first five things that you say about that person? What are the attributes? So I'm assuming this is someone that you have a, a, a great regard for, someone that you admire, someone that who inspires you, and you're going to explain who that person is to another acquaintance. What are the first five things that you describe someone? Pay attention to that because more than likely what is happening there, if you think about how you describe people, you are actually describing things about yourself that you admire. You are actually describing things that you intuitively know that are your strengths or they're your desires for things that you want 
to, to aspire to or that you want to strengthen about yourself. And I'm going to pause here to say, if you're hearing some background noises, Mackenzie and I are trying not to laugh too much here, but as I've told you before, our, our quote, recording, our state-of-the-art recording studio is actually a spare bedroom in our, my basement. And today, uh, the, there are some uh, treescapers that are in a tree beside us, and they are going to town. It's pretty impressive how much noise they can make in a little amount of time here. So we apologize about that, but we're gonna plow through this if you can handle some of the background noise. I'll try to speak loudly, and hopefully this will be over soon. But conversely, if you're thinking about what, when you're, when you're describing somebody's negative attributes, when you're thinking about somebody who really gets on your nerves or you're, t- you're very triggered by that person, this is an opportunity to look at yourself. What elements of that person are triggering the darkness inside you? That is a gift because it isn't enough to just assume that we all are able to enhance the golden parts of us, the good parts of us. Every one of us has the shadow. It's how we utilize the shadow. It's how we control it. And the only way we can control it is when we understand it, we accept it, we embrace it, and we begin to work with it. If we refuse to acknowledge it, then it is controlling us. And I don't even have to give you any names right now of anybody in our national spotlight who you can see whose dark shadows are out of control. Those are perfect examples in our political leaders of people who don't understand how they're showing up in their dark shadows. So that is an opportunity for you to see. So when you're triggered by someone who's acting in certain ways, that is, a, that is a time to press pause to say, what is in me? Have I ever acted these ways before? And if I did, who would call me out? How would I recognize that I'm showing up with my dark shadow compelling me forward instead of the gold, goldness, the goodness of who I am? So those two things of human condition are so important for us to understand, to spend time with. So that's why when we look at earth-based religions and we consider the wisdom behind the solstices and the equinox, that's what, the, that's what our ancestors already intuitively knew, spiritually knew, that the earth's wisdoms teaches us about the light and the darkness, our shadows and the golden light, and why it's so important to spend time with that, not just from a life-sustaining, how the, how the earth's turn atmosphere and how the turn of the earth away from the sun and the turn towards the sun give us life and gives us rest. It's also about our inner person, our inner being. And not only that, when you look at, when you put this from a scriptural perspective, Jesus also taught us how to rest. He would go away from the crowds to restore. And you see that throughout the the world's teachings as well, the other world religions, will they teach you about the importance of the human condition and why it's important to rest, rest the body. So let's go, let's go on here with some of the greatest teachings in world religions, because why are, again, why are we doing this? If you consider the statistics that tell us that 
I believe it's by January 17th. I definitely by the end of the uh, end of the month in January, 90% of the New Year's resolutions will have been forgotten. Will have been completely forgotten. So what's going wrong here? It is us. We aren't preparing ourselves to change the things that we inherently, that we intuitively know we need to change. So we get into this cycle, this rut, where we, can, where we then make it, it makes it easy for us to continue to make excuses about how we are showing up. Are we really committed to change? Then let's do the work ahead of time. So I want to spend a little time with another teaching of Jesus when he talked about the second greatest commandment and this commandment was only second to love the lord god with all of your might that commandment is the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself and we must be reminded of this because we have the capacity to live in duality now what does that mean well it's very easy for us when we spend time just thinking about our own beliefs our own values surrounded by our own people that we get into a mindset that only our way works the end of the year and moving into the beginning of a year is the perfect time to accept that there is no way we have all the answers because it's we're not even capable of figuring out everything in our own lives if not resolutions wouldn't if that were possible, resolutions wouldn't even be a thing that was needed. So consider this part of your training season, that this is what we're doing. So the reason why we add love your neighbor as yourself into this time of training season is that this might be an opportunity to consider where you are not loving your neighbor. Where are you living in duality where you are saying that your way is the only way and someone else belongs over there in, in their reality? Where are you not extending this commandment to your life and not offering it to your neighbor? We've had podcasts about this before where I talk about there is no asterisk at the end of that statement. So this is a perfect time when we're looking at the heart, mind, and the soul triad, and of course the body. Where are we, where is the love your neighbor commandment coming in to our psyche, to our soul, to help us prepare for this training period that gets us ready for the new year. So as we continue to move forward through this time of preparing for the new year, it's time for us to consider what other tools that we need. So it might not be enough for you to just to continue to think about building your foundation and preparing, what else will you put in place? So what do I mean by that? So let's say that you've set this goal, that you're going to read books to be more educated about a certain subject then you're, you've created this space in your life here in December to prepare yourself for that by researching the books, figuring out what you need, figuring out if there's a course or something that you're taking. What does your life now look like when January hits? What changes will you make during these crucial, crucial times where you're going to change your psyche? And again, the reason that you wanna do this is because this is a question for you to answer. Is it possible 
that the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn no longer serves your highest good. And if you agree that is the case, and if you agree that, that is no, that's not healthy to perpetually live in that, how will you create something different in your life so that you can show up in a different place? So you're not just picking up your phone to react to the news. You're not just picking up your phone to, to attack someone who believes differently than you. You are actually putting in a different type of habit, a different type of routine so that you can take yourself out of the adrenal reaction that's stimulating the cortisol, that's moving you out into the world in this heightened state to yell at somebody at the grocery store or to yell at somebody in your car. Those things are no longer serving your highest good. So what do you need to do to change some of that? Okay, so what I'm going to invite you as well to consider is that throughout December, I'm going to be hosting a webinar called Spiritual Reset 2021. And this is a time for us to work together on your spiritual transformation to put in things that can help you show up in the world more mindfully, more balanced, and more at peace. Now, these are just going to be free 30-minute webinars that you'll be able to sign up on my website at revcarla.com. Because let's face it, things are not working for us. If that's you, great. If If you showed up at the end of 2020 and you're in the best shape of your life and you're able to touch your toes and you're able to do backflips and you have more money than you've ever known to do with and more friends and your life is is balanced then blessed be blessings on your journey maybe you should teach a spiritual reset 2021 but for the rest of us my dears please join me on this on this webinar and let's see what we can do together again you'll find that at revcarla.com okay that felt like a mouthful and i don't even know how that's going to turn out with all that noise in the background but maybe that's a perfect time mackenzie noticed uh, during the break that that what better time to talk about not being able to to completely plan for everything than in the middle of a podcast here a bunch of chainsaws go off so we just kind of went with it and we're just going to let it go now at the end of every episode i do answer a question and today i'm going to answer this this comes from one of my social media platforms Someone asked me, how can I say I am spiritual if I am associated with a religion? And this actually, I I asked a few follow-up questions on this because I wanted to make sure I understood exactly what this person was saying. But what this comes from is in the, some of the very oldest world religions, Christianity is not even in the top 10, is uh, Hindu and Buddhism. And the the word spiritual is highly connected to those ancient world religions. And some of the people that practice those religions or the practice, a lot of times uh, Buddhism is not considered a religion as much as it is a way of life or a practice. Um, They consider using the word spiritual outside of those beliefs as being controversial it it is something that offends them and i've seen i've had this happen to me a couple times as well where people want to push back on our using it but what's happened is over time that word spiritual has migrated into other 
definitions and religions so that at this point it's so blended into all of the world religions in some way there's a there's a component of spirituality or how you express yourself spiritually that shows up in all of world religions including christianity but more importantly the people who are moving away from organized religion and that's that sector is growing so the people like me who are spiritual but not religious is a growing sector of people so we say that we're seeking the unknown the mystical the part of the holy that we can't explain we can't define and we can't contain inside a bucket of just one religion so that definition of spiritual but not religious is a valid path so how we end up reconciling or compromising the fact that depending on what world religion your religion you are following the word spiritual or the definition of spirituality may be different for each one of us is just something that I don't think is going to be resolved anytime soon I know what it means for me and that might not be the same for everyone else but for me it's a broad mystical mysterious sacred holy space of the unknown of the holy of the, of god and so i consider it like a universal term and have and i have no conflict with considering myself to have a practicing uh, faith inside the spiritual but not religious with my christian roots that have a spiritual connotation to it so i hope that helps um, with your question okay beloveds i'm honored to be in this space with you and i pray that you have received something i know i did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear and now go in peace and be at peace and go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you. You are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and bye for now. like what you heard today, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. To have your question featured on an episode, email us at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. Make sure to follow at RevCarla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Visit revcarla.com for the latest blog post, and we have information about her first ever webinar, Spiritual Reset 2021, up on the website. Registration will be available December 4th. We hope to see you then. Thanks for listening.